25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Look at here, look at here. Come on with it. Friday. What does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean that it's Friday? I just know that it's Friday, and even though we've been on this uh, quarantine deal as, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hog Wallop from Old Brother Where Art Thou? He said they got this depression on. Even though they've got this quarantine on, and we have been for 15 days, I'm still conditioned to celebrate the fact that it's Friday. Okay, so we're going to hang on to some things in in the midst of all this, and that's going to be one of the things we hang on to. We're going to celebrate the fact that it's Friday, even though tomorrow, Saturday, is going to be just like today. Well, maybe not. Not Maybe not for everybody, because uh, here in the state of Mississippi, there are still people working and you know, Beaver, I guess, would be one of those. Hey, Beaver, tomorrow, Saturday's not the same as Friday for you, is it? Oh, Saturday is so celebrated for me right now. <laughs> More than it has been since high school. Yeah, I bet. What is this? Uh, so this be two weeks for you of working this show along with everything else? Yeah. Okay. How about it so far? Honest thoughts. Oh, look. I'm not complaining because obviously and honestly, mm-hmm. what I do here is not hard. What we do is not hard. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just long hours, but you know, it's there are far, far, far worse things in the world to be doing. No doubt about it. Well, and normally you think about physical labor, like, um, you know, like I've said this before on the show. I said, well, it's not like we're out nailing up shingles. You know, it's not. Yeah. It, we're not out here. Uh, what do they make floor joists out of? Is it two by twelves or two by tens or whatever it is? We're not hauling that around some you know construction site. Okay, so yeah, it's not manual labor. But I probably now, I tell you who's been on my heart the last uh, several days are doctors and nurses. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about that much, Beaver? Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you talk about. There's so many sort of sacrificially going to work every day and doing everything they can for their patients, right? I mean, and there are so many doctors and nurses who've gotten sick and caught the coronavirus because they're trying their best to treat, and it's what they do. It's like, I don't know, I have so much respect for that courage of, no, no, look, no matter how bad it gets, this is who I am, this is what I do, and I'm going to do my job. And walking right in there into harm's way every day. So doctors and nurses, any of you listening and 
family members of doctors and nurses and caregivers. Uh, boy, hats off to every one of y'all. Big time hats off. All right, so here we go. We're just getting started with you here on this Friday. A good show lined up, I believe. And most times, that means there's a few things planned. There's a few things not. Most good shows have a few things planned and a lot of spontaneity also. So hopefully we'll get a good mixture of that here on this Friday. Kind of a free-for-all Friday. It's a beautiful day outside. Thank goodness for the sunshine and the heat and the dry Thank you for that, good Lord. We really, really appreciate that blessing here today on this Friday. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Look over my shoulder if you're watching on the stream on Facebook or Periscope. Right there. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, hey to everybody on Facebook. Hi to the folks on Twitter. If you're listening on the radio, shoot me a text. Give me a call. Or tweet me a tweet. <laughs> Tweetly diddly deet, something like that. Uh, I'm at Radio Wyatt on Twitter. Of course, uh, you can also be a part of the show lots of different ways. Text me on the country, please, and text line at 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Country, please, and sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. They are... In there making sausage, sending it out, making sure we have it. Thank goodness I can live off of it. I just about do anyway. And we're going to make sure Beaver gets in the same boat and get him some country-pleasing sausage to partake of since his man Chris Brooks left him out. Also, uh, later in the show, we'll open up the phone line to you on the Divinity Equipment phone line so you can give me a call. 995-1059 is the number. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. Right now on the Divinity Equipment phone Special guest. I've looked forward to talking to Coach Ben Howland of Mississippi State basketball for a while. I know you folks have been looking forward to an opportunity to hear him here on the show. Really glad to get to catch up with Coach Howland on a Friday on the phone line. Coach, really do appreciate some time here on a Friday. Um, we were joking a minute ago. We were celebrating the fact that it's Friday like we always do, but then for a lot of us, um, this Saturday is just like Friday this time of year. It's a very weird time in our lives isn't it coach it is uh it's unprecedented uh but the main thing is for all of us to, to do what we're being asked to do and you know stay uh mm -hmm. distant from one another and, and practice social distancing so we can kill out this virus this virus is really really uh you know something that uh, is terrible for everybody and we've got to get rid of it yeah i saw where the league uh, sent out a tweet overnight, the SEC did, reminding people to stay where you are, you know, shelter in place, don't spread. You know, Coach, in meetings and, and conference calls and things with the league and with, with uh, John Cohen, it is have you as a leader of a major program, have you been tasked with helping to try to encourage people and get that word out? Yeah, we have, but especially, you know, to our student athletes and everybody involved in our program, uh, you know, it's just so important, uh, that, uh, we all follow instructions and you're seeing certain states that are doing a good job of it and other right. places that aren't. Mm -hmm. And the difference in terms of the, the, you know, the, the curve. And, uh, yeah, I'm really worried about Louisiana, obviously, because you're seeing that's per capita. There's, there's more cases uh, cropping up now there than anywhere in the world. And to think that the United States now leads the world in the amount of 
corona cases is really scary, and we've got to, you know, get this thing headed backwards mm-hmm. so that, you know, our parents, especially, as you know, it, obviously people that are uh, in their 60s and 70s and 80s are most at risk, but you're seeing people all over the country that are dying from it uh, that are much younger. I saw something, you know, j- just yesterday we had, you know, two former players, one from Texas A&M, one from St. John's, recently that you know died from it that uh played in the 90s i mean it's just a scary thing and uh you know we were all so you know disappointed that our season ended abruptly and that we couldn't finish but uh you know i I remember it was two weeks ago yesterday we returned from the sec tournament and there was one reported case in mississippi Mm -hmm. now you look at two weeks later there's over 400 so it's it's really uh, amazing how quickly this thing has taken hold. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, how um, how what has your communication with your players been like during this time after the season was canceled and and that kind of thing? What's that communication with them been like, Coach? Well, you know, we're in touch with our players every day, and uh, you know, we want to be for them for whatever they need. We we have. Uh, 12 players of ours that are still in the Starkville area okay. uh, in their apartments or in their dorm and, and just laying low. And You know, this is one of the safest places to be because there just aren't a lot of people. It's not a big, huge city, so it's actually a safe place to be, which I'm happy for. And, uh, you know, they're doing their classes online, so we are back to school and, and completing all their coursework and classes online. And you know, so we're talking to them about that on a daily basis to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. And uh, we have our academic coordinator, Sora Bowering, helping them and keeping them organized. And uh, But, you know, we're telling them, hey, there's nowhere for them to work out. Mm-hmm. They don't have access to any of our facilities. They can't come up here and lift. They can't use the gymnasium. The Our gym, our practice gym is just silent. And uh, it's part of what we have to do. Uh, to battle this virus and get it back uh, under control. Sure. Ben Howland, head basketball coach of Mississippi State, on your radio right now. Coach, I, I was wondering if you miss coaching, you miss having the games and stuff right now, if you look at it you know, through the lens or, or in the context of knowing what we know about the virus. So I guess I would say – Knowing what we know and how dangerous it is, and the reality of that, do you are, are we are you still at times you wake up and you miss it, you miss playing, you miss coaching? Yeah, of course, yeah, of course we do. We we, I, we were really poised to finish our season, really uh, doing something special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was incredibly confident going into the SEC tournament. Uh, you know, we were probably going to play. Uh, Florida in that first game, which would have been, uh, you know, another game. We, we won down at Florida this year. And, mm-hmm. uh, this is the first time in my five year tenure, we had a double buy that we were the four seed. And so we had a good pathway to, uh, potentially win the SEC tournament. And so to have that taken away was really, really devastating. And I felt so bad for our players and especially a kid like Tyson Carter, who was a four year senior. He's had a tremendous year. He was voted the sixth man of the year by the conference coaches. And, 
you know, Reggie Perry was, uh, you know, first team all league player and just felt terrible for him because most likely he'll be, you know, heading on to the NBA the coming year and has played his last game in a Bulldog uniform and, you know, knew that. And, uh, but all our players, you know, our guys have worked so hard. You know, when you look at, you know, Robert Woodard, Nick Weatherspoon and DJ Stewart, and, uh, you know, Abdul Adu and, you know, all, all the guys we have on our team that are, have, have contributed so much. Iverson Molinar is really coming on as a fine freshman that uh, I think is going to really be a special player. But, you know, it, it, when you look at sports, it's really – it pales in comparison uh, to uh, what we're dealing with in terms of a life-and-death situation with this virus. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I know we're going to get through it. I have a cousin who's a big-time physician out in California with one of the biggest hospital systems. And so uh, I talk to him as much as I can to get information. And, uh, you know, we're going to get through this thing. It's going to be, you know, uh, you know, probably until uh, midsummer before we get back to some sense of normalcy. But it'll happen as long as we do what we're supposed to do now. Mm. And that is you're only supposed to go out and run into people. If you're going to the pharmacy, you're going to get groceries. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, we kind of stay apart. This thing's going to die out. You know, it's got a R of one, meaning, you know, measles, one person with the measles infects 15. One person with the Corona 19 virus infects uh, two people, two and a half people. And when you start getting that knock back where it's not spreading, mm-hmm. is eventually it's going to really die out. So we're all being asked to do uh, what we're being asked to do. For a very good reason, you know, we all have grandparents. My mom's going to be 87 next month, and uh, her retirement community is on lockdown. Mm-hmm. As many retirement communities are in nursing homes as they should be, and you know, we want our families to live. All of us, right? So we, we've got all, you know, I, I guess all those kids, Matt, down at spring break in Florida, down on the beaches, and just doing idiotic things, all being together, and you saw what happened. Mm-hmm. Where they, a bunch of them got the disease, and now they're spreading it to their families. That's just crazy. Right. I mean, it's hard. It's no fun to just be indoors so much and, and not to be able to be out. We're social people, but we got to do what we got to do. That's exactly right. Very well said, Coach Ben Howell. And, Coach, I wanted to ask you, too, um, you know, back on the, the, the sports uh, angle or side of this conversation. Where do you stand on the idea of giving the athletes their eligibility back? The ones who lost it this spring, had their seasons ended or canceled. Uh, you as a coach, where do you stand on rewarding those guys their el- and, and girls their eligibility back? I think it's a no-brainer. You know, all the spring sports in particular, they didn't get to play, but you know, less than 10% of their regular season. Yeah, they're going to get it back. I don't think there's any question okay. about that. I don't. I think there's incredible support for it. Now, whether or not they do it for the winter sports, uh, that's a whole other story. Uh, when you look at the winter sports, like, for example, men's basketball, women's basketball, who got through the regular season, and uh, the women have already completed their uh, SEC tournament because they do it a week earlier, uh, but I, that is an up in the air question. But but definitely all the spring sports they're getting their season back. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. 
And that's, I think, yeah, and should, and that's good to hear. I, I, I would, wanted to bring up another idea too, and this was something that Jay Hobson, the football coach at Southern Miss, brought up in an interview on this show a couple days ago, and I actually hadn't thought about this, but as a coach, he was looking two, three steps down the line, and uh, he, like you, you know, coaches a sport that's active in the fall, and he said, you know, there are a lot of what-ifs, and he said, what if, let's say we do get back on our feet, and let's say in July or August, an athlete at a school pops up and is positive for the coronavirus. He said, what then? Will, will a team then, ha- that team have to shut it down? Will we start all this over again? As a basketball coach who you want to get things kicked back up in the fall, have you looked that far down the road? And what do you think about those possibilities? Yeah, I think those are for medical experts and uh, people that are really in the know. Mm. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going to have, uh, some things pop back up next winter, most likely, just listening to all the experts as you sit at home and you're watching the TV. But it's also mutated. I don't think it'll be as bad from what I'm, from what I'm uh, understanding, listening to these folks. I don't think it'll be, you know, as, as bad as the initial viruses that we're dealing with now. And it, it will typically mutate. And, you know, it's amazing. Uh, Matt, as you look at, like, you know, we're talking about this, and it's horrible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, every year in this country, we have 30 million people get the flu. In this year, for example, 30,000 Americans died. That's every year that happens. Right. But it doesn't get the kind of, you know, notoriety because we're so used to it. It's been with us for, you know, decades and decades and uh, but you know, that's, that's part of life too, is you, you know, and at some point I think our, there's never been a better push to get a vaccine. Yeah. We'll have a vaccine for the coronavirus here in the next 12 months. And it'll be something that all of us take, just like we take our yearly flu shot. I take the flu shot every year, as does our whole team. Yeah. And you're, you're uh, foolish if you don't. And so. You know, this is what that's, this is going to end up being. You know, at some point, everybody's going to be exposed to it. But we can't have everybody exposed at once. Yeah. Because then we have our health systems that are overwrought with too many people. Right. And that's what we're dealing with and trying to perform right now. So we're all going to eventually be exposed to this. But it's going to be over hopefully a year's time versus, you know, the next month. If we, you know, and, you, and you're seeing what happens. Uh, in Italy, where they did do a good job, where everybody's so social and they're hugging and they kiss each other every time they see one another uh, mm-hmm. as a form of greeting, as a form of the cultural greeting that they have with one another. And you have so many older people over there. You know, their death count and how many people have died because of it is so much higher than anywhere else per capita. So there's a lot to learn from other places. South Korea. And, and even China, where they really practiced what we're in place right now, they've seen huge improvements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people have to be aware and, and made, you know, aware of that. And that we have, you know, they've already opened up areas in China and South Korea uh, after, you know, 12 weeks of, of playing, you know, uh, you know, not having any kind of contact. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot, lot, lot to come out, a lot to learn, but we're definitely going to get better. And, and this is a, uh, something we're all going to be continuing learning from and the situation is very fluid it really is 
Well, I've got about 30 seconds left, Coach, but it speaks to teamwork, doesn't it? You know, the idea of I'm going to do what I have to do for the better of everybody here instead of just doing what I want to do. It really speaks to teamwork. And and that's why it's got to be coordinated. Mm -hmm. And we've got to be all coordinated together, state by state, so that we're all working together hand in hand because it's so easy to cross state lines. That's right. And, uh, you know, so we've got to all be in this together. And I think, I really think, and I feel that we are, and the American people are really as one on this. And, and we have to be to defeat it. That's right. Coach, great words, great uh, wisdom from you today. And I just really do appreciate it here. And I hope uh, you have a chance to enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Matt. And, and, and uh, prayers to all. And let's all uh, do everything we can for each other to keep safe. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. That's Ben Howland, head basketball coach, Mississippi State, imploring you to, you know, trust officials and understand that uh, the best thing we can do is make sure we're not spreading it around to somebody else. Now, later in the show, too, we're going to talk with a friend of mine who is really the foremost chef and restaurateur, one of them anyway, in the state of Mississippi, Robert St. John, who you guys have heard from. We're going to talk with him a little bit about the effect that's going on right now in the restaurant industry. And if we do choose to call and go and pick up takeout and and all that kind of stuff, things that we need to know from somebody that is on the restaurant side of this in multiple locations. And that'll be coming up later in the show. Next, a lot to get to in the sports world. But a WrestleMania reference. And no, I didn't just say that on accident. (laughs) why not it's a free for all Friday in the Farm Bureau studio stick around you're listening to the Matt Wyatt show all right Rolling along with you here in hour number one of the show. So get your phone calls going. Texts. I don't care what they're about. We'll talk about anything. Anything. It's fine with me. Free for all Friday. I really don't know where that came from, but at some point I uttered it. And then I remembered it and uttered it again. And hopefully it's not an utter disappointment. Okay. All right. I'm done. All right. Call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, it's a 601 number, 995-1059, 601-995-1059. And text me on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast, 601-885-ESPN. It's a 601 number, 885-ESPN. Tweet me as well. We'll chat it up that way. Uh, a couple of things here. The mailman in Jackson says neither rain nor sleet, gloom of night, or coronavirus will keep the letter carrier from their appointed rounds. And I appreciate that. I saw a story, um, not to scare you, mailman, but a mailman in the Bronx passed away from the coronavirus a bronx mailman 
His name is was Raycon Kim. He's 50 years old, worked at the post office in West Farms, died on Wednesday from complications of coronavirus. He had worked as a postman there for 23 years. See, man, I mean, it's this thing is pervasive, corrosive. It is everywhere. <clears throat> and that's what omnipresent means, right? That's kind of where it is now across the globe. It's omnipresent. Uh, Beaver, I went fishing yesterday afternoon and I caught, well, I'll just say that it's not in compare in, in comparison to like, if we were to go to Ross Barnett, let's say reservoir and catch what we described as a biggin. I mean, you're talking about six, seven, maybe eight pounds, largemouth, huge, a biggin at Ross Barnett is a real big, but for a small pond, you know. I mean, there can be big fish in there, but when you fish in one pretty regularly, you know that it's like full of smaller fish. So to go and catch one that's three and a half, four pounds, that's a biggin for the pond that I fish in, and I caught a biggin on a topwater frog. It's got these little legs that hang off the back. It looks like a frog, and you can make it walk back and forth. And I actually got video with my GoPro camera of the Bass coming up and just blowing up this frog on top of the water. Boosh! And so it wet my appetite. I had fishing on the brain, man. I do it every time of year, every year, this time of year. Spawn starts happening, fish move up shallow. And uh, I just want to say that whether or not this is a, if this is a good show or a bad show, I must admit, there's part of me right now that doesn't really care <laughs> because I know I'm going fishing again this afternoon. You know, and in terms of social distancing, name something better to do than go fishing or go turkey hunting. Both of those, you can enjoy them alone, right? Or do you have to be an introvert to enjoy those activities because you're alone? See, I'm very much an introvert, which, you know, some people usually they seem a little surprised by it. They're like, well, you're on the radio. Yeah, but you think about it. I don't see the audience, right? I, there, I, I can sit here and connect and do it all by myself and Beaver's by himself. So I'm an introvert. Beaver, are you introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Yeah, I kind of th- sense that. Yeah, this, uh, this whole thing, I was talking to Chris about this just yesterday. This, this whole thing, social distancing and, you know, go in your home, stay there, you know, it's been no different than what I was doing before. I come <laughs> to work, I go home, I go to sleep, yeah. come to work, wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. I'm kind of an intro. I, I don't know that I am an introvert because I don't know. I, I guess what I'm not is versed on what you know, introverts and extroverts actually do, how you divide them up. I just know that I have taken the test and have been told, okay, so definitely an introvert. Understand some of the premises of that. However, I can also enjoy spending time with people. You know, I I do. I get a great big kick out of, you know, like seeing my teammates from college, hanging out with my family. Even meeting somebody new, you get to know them, spend a little time with them, whatever. But you know what's really incredible, Beaver? Hmm. Is the the thing that they really 
that signals an, that you're an introvert, the thing that really signals that every time I enjoy it. Like I, let's say I come down there and I sit there in the studio with you for two hours. We're in the same place and we talk on the air and off the air. Or let's say we go out to lunch. I'd enjoy it. But when it's done and I go get in my car and I'm by myself, that's when I relax. <laughs> that's when you take that. It's like a sigh of relief <laughs> when you finally can get off by yourself. And extroverts, I think, are just the opposite. They can't take a sigh of relief. When they're by themselves, they're freaking out. Yeah. They relax and take a can go, ah. Once they get around somebody else, and I'm just the opposite. So all you introverts out there, this stuff ain't that bad, is it? <laughs> just go, just go fishing. All right. Here's another thing. Beaver, you know, two weeks into this doing the show together. And so I ask you these questions. It's kind of like I'm learning things about you. So wrestling, you big, you big on wrestling? Yeah. Yeah, I am still. I've tried to get out of it before, but they keep pulling me back in. So I've, I gave up. There you go. So you are an unabashed wrestling fan. Well, yeah. I don't, I mean, this goes way back. It may tickle your fancy. It may not, but I just saw this nugget today and I thought I'm going to bring it to the show because it has a Mississippi tie to it. You may know where I'm going on this day, March 27th, 1988. Randy Macho Man Savage won WrestleMania by defeating the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase from Clinton, Mississippi. There's nothing she can do. She is beside herself with sadness for what has happened to her man. Well, now she finally is over to tend to Randy Macho Man Savage, the champion, who still is the champion. And he's still stunned. He can't get up. Oh, that was a hard-fought battle. I'm telling you right now, man. <laughs> you know what happened? Ted DiBiase got him. They were in the championship deal. And he got himself disqualified because one of his buddies came in the ring to help him. And they left Randy Macho Man Savage motionless on the, on the mat. And you heard there his wife was ringside. She was a real beauty. Tears of sadness for the whole world to see. And they disqualified the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, and so Randy Macho Man Savage got to remain as the champion. Then the natural butch read, first of all, what do you make of all that's happened over the past week, 10 days? I'm going to answer your second question first. I right like that. There, yeah. yeah, WrestleMania 4 with all the focus and attention going right there to that one place in time. Yeah, I'm talking to you, natural butch read. Right now, looking into the video scope, I got respect for you as an athlete, super athlete, but you don't have the only key to the gym, yeah. <laughs> There's other people that have paid their dues and that focus of attention at WrestleMania 4 is going to be spectacular. <laughs> I respect you as an athlete, but you ain't got the only key to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There are so many great comebacks and one-liners in the wrestling stuff. I wish that God had given me the ability to think of some of that and spit it out on the radio, but I can't do it. I just have to point to those guys. So there's our one... 
That is our single, solitary, lone wrestling flashback for the entire month of March on the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, over here on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage in grocery stores across the Southeast. Dion says, how's it going, Matt? I have a cousin who plays football in Chicago. He wants to be a part of something great at MSU. He's a junior. He has reached out to the coaching staff at MSU, hasn't gotten a response. Any suggestions you can give? Thanks for all you do. Well, Dion, uh, two pieces of advice I would give you is that, you know, a young man loves football, wants to play somewhere. You're absolutely doing the right thing. You reach out to those coaches. But number two, I would say understand that, well, first of all, coaches and coaching staffs in D1 football they know how to evaluate, and they're going to go after who they want to go after. But also understand every football program out there right now, they're not even in the office. They're not even in the office. They are at their homes. They're not even doing – they even have, you know, are under these recruiting measures right now that have been put in place by the NCAA to keep coaches from going out and – physically being in the same place as recruits and helping spread the disease and stuff. So like by NCA rule, they have to stay home. So there could be any number of reasons why you haven't gotten a response, but during this particular time, I wouldn't bat an eye at it, to be honest with you. It may just be simply a thing and there's nothing they can do right now. Maybe. All right, more texts. We're going to get to those. We'll get to your phone calls as well. Coming up later, Robert St. John from the Restaurant Biz, and really looking forward to talking to Robert. Restaurants are hurting right now. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Yo. Here we go. Continuing to roll along with you on this Friday in the Farm Bureau studio, connected to you via C Spire. Hey, are you sleeping well at night? I mean, you got a lot of reasons to maybe stay up at night. You're worried about the coronavirus. I understand that. Worry's one thing. That might be something you just can't control sometimes. You worry about something, you you know, get up in the middle of the night. But one thing you can control, sleep on a good mattress. It's awful to can't sleep because the doggone bed's uncomfortable, right? Well, I want you to help yourself by going to nestandwild.com. I've mentioned them to you before. I just want to make sure you know who they are. And if you need the info, you'll have it, okay? Nest and Wild is a Mississippi company that makes mattresses. All American-made, everything, all parts, all every, from the mattress to the base, it's all American-made, and it's really high-quality mattresses, okay? Every size, for instance, from twin mattresses on up to the biggest one, the California King, it's 12 inches thick, not like the 8-inch or 10-inch mattresses that we're sleeping on now and you're buying from a lot of places. Every one they have is 12 inches thick, very high quality. And they'll deliver it to your door in three to five days, you can sleep on it for up to 99 nights, and there are tremendous discounts right now going on. Many of you have actually responded. 
And um, I have too. My wife and I are sleeping on a mattress right now from Nest and Wild. It's one of the reasons that I'm happy to tell you about it because it is really the real deal, and you're going to see that. So go to nestandwild.com, order your mattress, shows up in three to five days, a great Mississippi company. It'll help you sleep better, I promise you. All right, so check it out if you haven't already. Many have. Let's see here. How about this text on the country-pleasing text line from Grumpy? Beaver, you're going to want to perk up. Grumpy says, Mrs. Grumpy let me go to Country Pleasing Meats, Country Meat Packers on Highway 49 there in Florence yesterday. Grumpy says they were so nice and helpful, and I wanted to get Beaver some maple-flavored sausage, but they were out. Tell Beaver to be patient. I'm going back uh, next week when they have some. He said, appreciate you and Beaver. That's from Grumpy. Whoa, Grumpy. That's awesome. I mean, you know, here's one thing I've noticed, Beaver. He's got this name, Grumpy, and it yeah. must be like when we give the nickname Tiny to some great big guy because <laughs> Grumpy is the nicest guy. He's not grumpy at all. No. Look, the man was randomly going to get me, <laughs> someone he doesn't even know, sausage. He's going to get a complete stranger sausage. Mm-hmm. You are not a grumpy person. That's awesome, Grumpy. I, I yeah. very much appreciate the thought. I will be patient. Um, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's- it's great. And hey, y'all bring it to him. And seriously, Beaver, don't fret about waiting a few days to get some of that maple flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm here's the deal. I ate a package of it the first time I began to cook some of it. I could not believe the smell. It smelled like pancakes. <laughs> it has the. It makes your kitchen. It has the best smell while it's cooking, and it is so good. Um, so I went on and on about it. I had one package of it, and I went through it pretty quickly. I haven't gotten any more. And right after I talked about it on the radio, I think they started selling out of it. But what happened is people that got it began to go right back to get some more of it and right back to get some more. <laughs> so trust me, it's really – and i tell you what else I'm looking forward to. I mentioned going fishing this afternoon. So my wife, the homecoming queen, she – plans out our meals and so like she has a plan for the whole week as of sunday each week she knows what we're having for dinner on monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and saturday for the whole next week tonight and it's already planned you know has been we looked at the forecast we're gonna fire up the grill and build a fire out here um, and we're gonna cook some stuff outside here for supper tonight but the biggest thing was my daughter wants me to build the fire in the big fire pit and wants to, you know, cook hot dogs and marshmallows over the fire. That's what she wants to do. So we're going to do that here on Friday night. Well, I'm, I, <clears throat> I will be cooking country pleasing sausage over the fire for old Matt tonight. I'm not against hot dogs. It's just when I have the option, I'm obviously going to choose. And for that, I like the original flavor. And I tell you, you know, you we, we get all excited about all the different flavors that they have, pineapple and the green onion and the jalapeno cheddar and the four cheese and all that. Listen, the original smoked sausage flavor of Country Pleasing, it actually may be my favorite. So y'all try that if you haven't just gotten the original. And Grumpy, I appreciate the text and uh, uh, and the heads up on that. 
Jason says, me and Beaver would get along. Said the championship tournament. I loved WrestleMania. And uh, okay, and so Randy Macho Man Savage, his wife was Miss Elizabeth. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, listen, y'all need to know this. These are conversations. I did catch the very end of Chris Brooks' show where he was discussing that Kirk Herbstreet apparently either did an interview or said it on ESPN or something uh, that. He would be very surprised if college football and NFL football was played this fall. And that does, to me, I agree with Chris. Boy, that really seems out over your skis from Herb Street. That really seems cart before the horse. But, I mean, he could be right because nobody knows anything. But that's the point. Why would we go, you know, super negative right there when we don't know? Uh, maybe he knows something we don't. I, but I don't think he does. You know, if the president and his people are scrambling day by day to get through it and figure this thing out, I imagine Kirk Herbstreet's the same way. Okay. So I'll, I'll agree with Chris Brooks on that. But I wanted to point this out. I don't remember who tweeted it yesterday. I glanced at it, and it was um, some pretty interesting info. It was from someone who covers college football. I went back today to try to find it. I don't know who the writer is. I wish I could credit them uh, for the tweet. But it simply said that they had gotten some information that college football leaders had been discussing things in conference calls and meetings constantly about possible options if you can't you know send the season off without a hitch the first weekend in September like always including ideas of only a 10 game season idea there was the idea and, and discussed trying to look at all the logistics and financials and everything of only playing conference games uh, only conference game schedule like fewer games and then at the bottom of the tweet it said along with less optimistic options that they discussed as a fan it may not be pleasant but you and I need to know what's being said about it right now even here in March so here's this from AL.com. Bob Bowlesby said yesterday during a teleconference, there is a chance college football games this fall could be played in stadiums without fans. Uh, they also announced, the NCAA also announced yesterday that they're going to distribute $225 million to Division I members. Um, that is, they say, a whopping $375 million less than had been budgeted at uh, after the coronavirus pandemic forced the cancellation of the big basketball tournament, which is the big you know, moneymaker. But you have this guy, Bol, uh, Bowlesby, the I should have said this, he's the commissioner of the Big 12. So he's like the Greg Sankey out West. And he said, there is a chance... We're in unprecedented times, and we could have football games being played without fans. Now, it's hard to wrap your head around sitting here on Friday, March 27th, of how or why that would be the case, because you have 100 players, well, let's say 65 dressed out on one football team, 65 on the other, 
22 guys on the field hitting each other and bleeding on each other and spitting on each other and slobbering on each other and sweating on each other. So, like, my thing is, where would this thing have to be with what we know, the way it's transmitted and the way it is contagious? Where would this thing, where would we have to go in this whole cycle for it to be okay to put 120 college athletes together, a gathering of 120 athletes, with 22 of them on the field at the same time touching each other, breathing on each other and all, everything else I said. For that to be okay, while at the same time it's not okay for the fans to be there. Do y'all get what I'm saying? I mean, when I read, I understand they're looking at all possibilities. It's not like he knows that's going to happen. I know it's just a possibility. But what I'm saying is, if you're telling me, okay, we could, right now they're saying no gatherings larger than 10 people because we're going to, the numbers equate to slowing the spread of this thing if we stay 10 or fewer people. So you're telling me in the fall it's going to be okay to have 120 people all gathered together and up to 22 of them, you know, blowing snot on each other at the line of scrimmage. But it ain't okay to put people in the stands. That that the whole logic of that doesn't make sense to me. It seems to me you're either going to have football or you're not. Maybe I'm the crazy one. Maybe just like Kirk Herbstreet, I need to zip it. I'll do that right now. Stick around. 